Use the principle of the here and now. The time will come when someone will tap you on the shoulder and say, how about a few words? Or it might come without warning at all. You are relaxed and enjoying the remarks of the master of ceremonies when suddenly you realize he's talking about you. Everybody turns in your direction and before you know it, you are introduced as the next speaker. In this kind of situation, your mind is apt to shoot off, like Stephen Leacock's famous but befuddled horseman who got on his horse and made off in all directions. Now, if ever is the time to remain calm, you can get a breather as you address the chairman. Then it is best to stay close to the meeting and the remarks you make. Audiences are interested in themselves and what they are doing. There are three sources, therefore, from which you can draw ideas from an impromptu speech. First is the audience itself. Remember this, I pray for you for easy speaking. Talk about your listeners, who they are and what they are doing, especially what specific good they perform to the community or for humanity. Use a specific example. The second is the occasion. Surely you can dwell on the circumstances that brought the meeting about. Is it an anniversary, a testimonial, an annual meeting, a political or patriotic occasion? Lastly, if you have been an attentive listener, you might indicate your pleasure in something specific another speaker said before you and amplify that. The most successful impromptu talks are those that are really impromptu. They express things that the speaker feels in his heart about the audience and the occasion. They fit the situation like hand in glove. They are tailor-made for this occasion, and this occasion alone. Therein lies their success. They flower out of the moment and then, like rare blossoming roses, they fade from the scene. But the pleasure enjoyed by your audience lives on and sooner than you think, you begin to be looked upon as an impromptu speaker. impromptu give an impromptu talk there is a difference as implied in the statement it is not enough just to ramble on and string together a series of disconnected nothings on a flimsy thread of inconsequence you must keep your ideas logically grouped around a central thought which might well be the point you want to get across your examples will cohere to this central idea and again, if you speak with enthusiasm, you will find that what you say off the cuff has a vitality and punch that what your prepared talks do not have. You can become a competent impromptu speaker if you take to heart some of the suggestions made in this episode. You can practice along lines of the classroom techniques explained in the early part of this series. At a meeting, you can do a little preliminary planning you can keep yourself aware of the possibility of being called upon at any moment. If you think you may be asked to contribute your comments or suggestions, pay careful attention to the other speakers. Try to be ready to condense your ideas into a few words. When the time comes, say what you have in mind as plainly as you can. Your views have been sought. Give them briefly and sit down. Norman Bell Geats the architect and industrial designer used to say that he couldn't put up his thoughts into words unless he was on his feet. 
pacing up and down in his office as he talked to associates about complex plans for building or exhibit. He was at his best. He had to learn how to speak when sitting down, and of course it did. With most of us, it's the other way around. We have to learn to speak standing up, and of course we can. The chief secret lies in making a start, giving one short talk, and then making another start, and another, and another. We will find that each successive talk comes more easily. Each talk will be better than its predecessors. We will realize in the end, speaking impromptu to a group is merely an extension of the same thing we do when we speak impromptu to friends in our living room.